This is the reading of God's word from Exodus 5, 22 through 6, 9. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. But the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them. The land... I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. With great acts of judgment, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you for you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. This is the word of God. Thanks, Tori. Deal Moody, and I'll paraphrase a little bit, but he said, Moses spent 40 years thinking he was all that. The next 40 years learning he wasn't all that. And the next 40 years figuring out what God does with someone who figures out they're not all that. You know how old Moses was when this um, is going on? It's 7 7 says, uh, Exodus 7 7 says he was 80 years old. So this guy's, we, we, we learn from, uh, in the book of Acts that he is, um, 40 when he's out in the desert region and getting married and having that part. And so it's sort of, we look and died at 120 years old. So it's a 40, 40, 40 split here. Why do I say that? Because I think for me, as we enter into this, Moses is such a pivotal figure and God's trying to deal with Moses' heart and attitude. Did you catch as, as Tori began to read what Moses' response was? as things were really hard. And I, I find this in my own heart. I've really had to watch my own heart on this this week. Go to Exodus 5.22. Who's, who's Moses blaming for what was going on? Blaming God, right? Listen to it. Moses turned to the Lord. Oh, Lord, why have you done evil to the people? So things have gotten harder because Pharaoh, the evil ruler, has made their life more miserable. But what... That's the human response, right? I, I have wanted to blame someone. I've wanted to blame someone for a couple of months now. I've wanted to blame people across the world who 
did something they shouldn't have done. I've wanted to blame governments. I want to blame individuals. I want to blame people for inconveniences or for true uh, tragedies. I, I, I want to blame someone. Original sin, right? What does Adam say? Oh Lord, this woman who you have sent me, right? So there's a double blame. You, Lord, sent me the woman who tempted What does the woman say? Oh, Lord, that snake. The original thing is we want to blame somebody. Right now in our world, everybody wants to blame somebody. Moses says, Lord, it's you who have done evil. Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you haven't delivered your people at all. Wow. Slap it down in front of the Lord, right? And what what had happened? What had Moses just walked away from? Moses and Aaron meeting with the leaders of Israel coming out from Pharaoh. The Lord look on you, the people say, and judge, because you've made a stink in the sight of Pharaoh. So the people are just blaming Moses and Aaron. Everybody wants to blame somebody. And the Lord stands up in the midst because it just wears me out. The Lord stands up in the midst in Exodus 6, chapter 1. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he, that is Pharaoh, will send the people out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God is at the point of wanting to change Moses' heart because he's about to act, and Moses is about to be his intermediary and is about to stand in the God role in this pivotal time. We'll see that in just a moment. But if Moses himself is coming out of blaming God, is feeling like, why did you ever send me? Guys, there's, there's a principle in Scripture that we've got to remember is that when God calls you to stand in and do something, when God's calling change, typically it gets super hard. It just does. Life gets really hard. I could give any number of examples to this, but um, the, the point is they're about to become, Israel is about to be defined as a nation. They're going to be given the law. They're going to become his people. But it's going to get hard. The pressure is going to get up. Why? Well, I think part of it is, you know, Romans 5.4 says, Suffering builds perseverance. Perseverance builds character. And character builds hope. When we lose hope, or we put our hope in the wrong thing, We get so depressed and so anxious, we shut down. Hope, we talked about this, sang about this living hope this morning. Question is, where is your hope? If our ultimate hope is in a a, a law or a person, an authority figure, if we just get the right person elected, the wrong person out, Ah, my hope is fulfilled. How many times anybody who's been alive more than about a year has seen their person in in a position of power and hearts don't change. We go, hold on, wasn't everything supposed to be great with this new revolution? 
Or we put our hope in, gosh, if I just get enough money in the bank, if I just, you know, I just get that security, just find that right person, if he or she will love me, we can just have a, a child or two or three, uh, I'll be fine. As long as I get that amount of security, I'm good. And you get there, you think, really? I still am anxious? I still am fearful? I still don't know? I, th- I thought this was going to be it. See, if our hope is placed in anything other than the only one who's worthy of our hope, disappointment will surely follow. So how do we find that hope? When the pressure comes on. Remember Romans 5.4, suffering builds character. Suffering builds hope? I can tell you from personal experience that the people I know that are filled with the most hope are not the ones who've had the easiest life, but who have persevered and who've seen God move through incredibly difficult, put-me-to-shame circumstances, and they have found the presence of God in the midst of intense suffering, and it's built character, it's built because it's built perseverance in them. I don't know exactly why. I wish God had set it up differently, frankly. That wouldn't be the thing I would choose. But I want you to take heart. Right? Is that God hasn't promised. And I don't know how you define suffering. I don't know how you define perseverance. You know, for different people, it can look different ways. But take heart. God has not abandoned you. He's preparing you to be His person. This is what He's doing for Moses. He's mercifully preparing Moses to be His man. And that's what we'll take a look at now. A very, very interesting passage is that the Lord, um, I want you to flip over. We didn't read this because I didn't want to read the entire section that was in preparation. In the, in the Friday email, I talk about the whole verses that we'll be talking about today, and it ran through Exodus 7. 7. If you've got your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 7, verse 1. It's a relatively short message, but I think pivotal. Guys, this is dealing with a God who is dealing with injustice. And one of the issues on our country's mind right now is, is injustice. Where does it lie? How does it, what does that look like? It's, it's difficult for us to get our heads around this. But this is dealing with a God who's concerned about injustice. Goodness gracious, guys, his people are not only enslaved, there's infanticide and there's just, I mean, they're being oppressed by a world power. And God is concerned and he moves in this. But what happens what happens? He moves through Moses. Exodus 7, 1. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like what? God to Pharaoh. What? What is he like? Superhuman Moses? What, what does that mean? I've made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother shall be your prophet. In another place it says, I've made you like God to your brother Aaron. Well, it's not that Moses is some supernatural. We just watched him blame God for this and saying, why have you not done anything? You're messing up here, God. So it's not like, well, this guy is such a great example of the faith that I'm going to make you like God. He is standing in the place where he gets to be God's intermediary and speak truth. And if we think that was easy to do to Pharaoh, to, to a world leader, 
to say what he was called to say. And we're going to look next week as we, we're going to go through the plagues next week and we're going to look some weird stuff as to how Pharaoh responds, how Moses responds, how God tells Moses to respond. It's weird, but it tells us that God is about more than just... He, he could have simply said, he could have gone to the 10th plague immediately, right? And just got him out of the land. He goes through what seems to be like a song and dance of ten plagues, but there's purpose in this to see. Because his purpose is not only to release Israel from slavery. That's ultimately what happens. But his purpose is to see his glory revealed to Egypt and to Pharaoh and to all the earth. And he chooses this enslaved people to do it. But he, he says to Moses, I've made you like God Remember, I've talked about the way Exodus ties into Genesis. As you've been watching on Facebook Live, I've talked about Exodus and Genesis are very interconnected. No one enjoyed unbroken fellowship with God like Adam and Eve, right? There was no sin. There was, there was uh, this, this, they walked together in this, in this intimacy. And what, what did it look like? If Adam and Eve had dominion over the earth. They were allowed to steward it. And to name the animals, that would have been so cool, right? Just to name the animals, what you want. And it says, you are acting as my representatives. You represent the human race. Why? Because you're created in my, what? Image. And this is where our brokenness right now, I think, when I think about uh, the issues going on racially in our in our nation, I think a lot of this is we don't realize everyone's created in the image of God. Some people don't. I'm not saying you don't in particular, but I think we've forgotten that we bear this image. And when we lose that, we dehumanize anybody. It just happens in our country, it's, it's often a black-white thing, but it can be anyone that doesn't see the image of God born on other humans. So here they are, Adam and Eve, with unbroken fellowship with God in the garden, with authority and dominion, and it's busted, it's broken by sin. And so what happens? Rather than they, they were like God in the sense of they were bore His image and took a piece of His authority and were able to use it. And now He stands before Moses and God says, I'm going to make you like God. You're going to deliver my word. You're going to stand and act as, as if I'm there. You're going to be my hands, my feet, my representative. And I'm going to what? Give you dominion over... what? Remember, the staff becomes a snake. Over these weird things that for us it would be like, what? But I think it speaks back to Genesis where he says, look, I'm going to make you have authority over these things. What happens over water becomes blood, right? Over the physical creation like leprosy, I, I can I, I change these things. I'm the author of this. So Moses, I'm going to put within you the ability to see a piece of what, how I want you to be. It's not that you're superhuman. He's becoming a human like we are destined to be. You realize when, when, when the Lord comes or when we are with Him in resurrected bodies, it's going to look really different. Not only will it look differently in terms of the way we treat each other in society, but the way we operate in terms of physicality is going to look 
different. Jesus showed us that as the first fruits in his resurrection. Moses standing there probably doesn't get a bit of this except God is saying, I call you to stand and be as I am in front of this world leader. Remember, Pharaoh is considered divine, right? Polytheistic orientation that Egypt had. You had lots and lots of different gods. And Pharaoh was an intermediary between Egyptian gods and the people. He told them what gods, the god of fertility or the god of rain or the god Amun, the god of Ra, the god of the sun. He would tell them, I tell you, right? We have lots of extant literature and stuff that says that Pharaoh spoke on behalf of God. So here we have a cruel, oppressive leader speaking on behalf of God and this enslaved fugitive who walks in with a rod, with a shepherd's staff and says, no, I speak on behalf of God. See what's happening here? Who, who's the God? And remember last week we talked about the fact that God says, Pharaoh, you touched my child. He calls Israel in, in chapter 4 and 5, he calls Israel my firstborn son. And the firstborn son is the one that inherits, is the one that is supposed to take care of the family. It's an incredibly important position to be a firstborn son. He says, you've touched my firstborn son. I give you a chance to repent. I'm going to give you a chance over and over again, cruel Pharaoh, to to acknowledge you are not God. I am through this enslaved fugitive, he's going to be my representative, and I'm going to say, release them, or I touch your firstborn son if you don't release mine. Pharaoh's got the opportunity to face-to-face with God through Moses and see if his heart is hardened or softened. We, we know what happens if we've read the story. But God's setting the stage not simply for releasing a people, but for transforming them. They're not just going to exit Egypt and that's the end of the story. That's the beginning of them forming as a people and they don't do a great job of it. They muck it up for a lot of years, don't they? As I have. And yet God in His grace and mercy is going to release them and show them His purposes in their life. Where does this come home for us? Well, I've thought a lot about this week of you know, with stuff in our nation, with stuff in our world, with whatever. Well, can I just say this? If you're a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, the image of God is stamped on you because you're human, but you are in the firstborn son. In Christ, you are men and women. You are the firstborn son. You represent God. You have the ability to have the Word of God in your mouth. We have the ability to speak to people who feel threatened and disenfranchised to to places of power that I don't know where you will be called to speak. In, In our neighborhoods or our businesses or to our family or friends, but we have the ability to share the truth and the love that Jesus Christ offers as God, as those who have been adopted, those who have been called it's it's an awesome responsibility. We can't be silent in that. No, and I'm not just talking about the racial situation. I'm talking about every situation. Is that we should be asking God, what do you want to say in this day? 
What do you want to say in these detention of whatever is happening? But if we don't speak as the people of God, who will speak? Well, a lot of voices that will speak some truth, but mixed with a lot of ungodliness. And that's a lot of what I hear right now. It's a lot of blending. It's a lot of people who have a, a piece of things that I can affirm and a lot that I can't. And I, I want to hear voices. And Lord, I want to have the discernment to be a voice that speaks 100% truth, 100% justice, 100% love, 100%. And it's hard. I get it. But this is what God has equipped us for. This is the moment. This is a time. For God to say to Moses, you will be like God to Pharaoh, and your Aaron will be a prophet to you. What a mercy that God would allow us to take part in the redemption in our time of redeeming individuals who for whatever reason have lost hope. Are we willing to go through the perseverance and the suffering of whatever it is to bring the hope, first to have it in our hearts and then to share it? If you're drained like I am, let's cry out for the Lord to fill us to our cups overflowing. I'm looking forward to fasting tomorrow because I believe God's going to fill my cup. I hope He does yours. Whether you can fast, I would invite you to just join in prayer and ask God to fill us with His Word, with His Spirit, if yours are drained or empty. Would you pray with me, please? God, as we come in our day, I thank You that Your Word speaks clearly. That, Lord, we don't have to simply address what's happening in 2020 because You've addressed the same hard issues over and over again. And in Three or four thousand years ago, you were addressing very similar heart issues and the very similar call on your people to yield to you as the God who understands and sees, but the God who is powerful to release. Lord, I ask that you would open our mouths wide, open our hearts wide, but give us discernment to not buy in to partnering in things that would be unworthy of You, but to stand for You. And in that, to see the freedom that comes when we are the vanguard of the Gospel that will one day cover the whole earth as You come back and and You make all things new. Lord, we ask that we the people of God would see through the lens, not of our biases or our prejudices, but we would see through the lens of the gospel how you have made all things good and right and you're bringing all things together for your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we close in worship.